kind of a hiatus there for a minute but you know life gets in the way life gets busy as Holiday. a young savage in the city <laughs> trying Mostly to jungle trying to jungle trying to juggle it all juggle it all yeah in the I, concrete jungle in the concrete jungle of florida where i was <laughs> um stand your ground land actually it was kind of scary because my uh my siblings and I went to my cousin's house and we accidentally showed up at the wrong house and we were like on their property. And I was like, once we figured out it wasn't their house, I was like, we got to get off their property. Like, this is down your ground land. Like, we could get shot down. And like, this is not how I want to go. You got to know. You got to be street smart. You got to be Yeah, you got to be smart. certain before you get on someone's lawn. Yeah. Wait, what part of Florida is this again? Northern Florida. So it's like Trump land. It's like basically Georgia. Okay. So it's like north and... um. East, yeah. East. Oh, wait. It's like on the it's on the Atlantic and on the Georgia border. Oh, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, not super familiar with Florida. There's actually a Thirty Rock episode about Northern Florida. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's very on point. It's like one of the weirdest places I've ever yeah. been. This is well. That segues us into our first topic, which is that <clears throat> Anna and I both started rewatching Thirty Rock. Um somewhat recently a classic bush era comedy <laughs> i'm only watching tv that's like post 9 11 pre-recession right now yes yes that was a that was the gold. i think that was the golden era for comedy we were so carefree no we were carefree before 2016 but really but post 9 like, 11 is important because yeah that, that gave added some edge mm-hmm. and some fear yeah i don't well i mean like yeah i don't really know what the world was like before 9 11 because me neither who, I was a child. I was not paying attention. My parents didn't put the news on either. Really? No news. And people didn't talk about it at school? No, no. I knew about 9-11. But like, <laughs> well, no, not that. No, I'm saying the news. Oh, like the news. Yeah, no. The like when events. I was like eight years old, I didn't, I don't think like I knew about, I'm trying to think of like. I remember the Clinton, or sorry, the uh, OJ. I remember the Clinton impeachment being really big. And I remember the OJ trial being really big in my elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I've caught up with both of those after the fact. But... I wasn't following them, but I remember they were like they were like nine year old boys in yeah. my class who, who like knew. Ev- it seemed they knew everything. Yeah. 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 I feel like I knew the like Monica Lewinsky cigar in the pussy thing. <laughs> but like, I don't know if I knew that at the time or if I knew that later. But that was definitely like, you know, the the like sort of playground take. <laughs> Like, now that I think about it, I I remember when I learned what sucking dick was, and I was in seventh oh, grade. Oh, I did too. No, I was in seventh grade, though, and that was, the Clinton stuff was before that, right? Mm. I don't think I knew what it was about. I think I just yeah. knew that he did something wrong. <laughs> I remember that I said, this was probably like sixth grade, seventh grade, something like this, and I said to my mom that something sucks, and she was like, <laughs> do you know what that means? And I was like, no. And she was like, it means Putting a male penis inside of a mouth, as opposed to, a, and I was a like horrified. Penis. Well, no, she, I don't know what she said, but she was say, she was explaining like it is putting this body part in this body part, and I was I was like, oh god, that's like hor- that's horrifying. Yeah, like, that's where pee comes from. Why would yeah. you ever put that in your mouth? What an insult! And then I remember with my friends, like the next time one of them said something, I tried to like raise the issue be like so do you guys know what that means and they were like yeah and I was like oh 
Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) They were unfazed. They were unfazed by it, but I was phased. Oh, yeah, I was. Well, also, I I didn't realize that that dicks could get hard. (laughs) Right. Did you? Because if you think like I remember learning what sex was and I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around how you could get a penis in a vagina. Like I was like, it's so like floppy. Like, how does that work? Oh, 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 that's so funny. (laughs) I I don't really remember thinking about the mechanics like that. I did. Unfortunately, I I think it was the first time that I saw a dick because I was being (laughs) assaulted. (laughs) Sorry, um, you played that for a lot. I know. Okay. Um, I was like ten years old, and I was walking my dog around the block at like dusk, probably. And this man was like also walking around the block with his like with pants on, everything, but his dick expo- like his dick hanging out of his pants, and like kept kind of like he wasn't following me, but he kept like catching me. You know what I mean? Like I think I saw him like three times over the course of the wa- like he was clearly getting Damn. like. He was he wasn't trying to get me to do sex with him, but he was getting off on like freaking me out right. or whatever it was. Oh, or gross. I don't know how that mind works. But <laughs> um yeah, I just remember like I didn't know what it was because I don't think at that age I was in like third grade. So I don't know when I ever would have seen a dick. Like, you know, I didn't see my dad's dick, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't like I wasn't like wasn't like happening at home where you I was like seeing dick. So I kind of like didn't know what this like loose piece of flesh that was like hanging out of this zipper yeah. was. And I remember my dog tried to like jump at it. <laughs> Which <laughs> I should have let like, her. But food. I had that weird feeling of like where you like you're young and like you know you know something is wrong but you don't know why and then like going home and being like um mom <laughs> like did you tell your mom yeah and then um uh we called the police and i got to ride in the back of the police car <gasps> and we drove around like looking for the car which we obviously didn't find i don't know why we did that vanity exercise but i also <laughs> lived in a suburb that was one square mile so they probably didn't oh, have oh wow well that's not true not that they didn't have that much to do because we were right on the edge of like we were the first suburb outside of the city mm-hmm. so you know Sometimes we had some... The riffraff would crawl in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think I saw... I definitely saw, like, people, like, peeing on the street and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were in D.C. I was in the city, so it was, like, a mess. Um, Yeah, anyways. Anyways. I saw a bunch of dicks, uh, (laughs) homeless people, when I was a child. Oh, interesting, And here I am, yeah. Dick-free. And I... Did your mom ever explain to you what gay meant? No, but I also know when i figured out what that was how did you figure that out we took the last family trip we ever took was a road trip to dc and mm-hmm. i was like that's maybe, a long like sixth drive. grade or something yeah we did a lot of road trips because my mom did a lot when she was a kid with her family mm-hmm. and we went in the summer i was begging for my friend simone to be allowed to come and <laughs> just like no simone was not allowed to come devastated <sighs> and um i remember listening to sugar ray on my <gasps> like cd yeah. player like so much, like looking out the window, listening to Sugar Ray. And then, yeah, anyway, there was this store in D.C. that was all rainbow. And I mm-hmm. like ha- and I was like a like a elementary, like late elementary, early. Like I was a tween, basically, who yeah. was like, oh, rainbow. Like, yeah. you know, that and was so definitely near, very near where I grew up. Probably. I love the, the store, the store. that I, So I loved this rainbow store. But then I also do remember seeing a book in the window that said straightening him out. Uh huh. Which I 
now realizes like some kind of like someone's probably memoir of like an attempted conversion or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> but that was like I remember wanting to go back there again and my parents were like eh, and I didn't know why they were like eh. and yeah. now I'm like oh you didn't want to take me back to like the, the gay the gay store, store. <laughs> I don't even know what they sold besides they probably that had like lube and shit I mean I don't I remember because I like grew up sort of in the gayborhood and um that's a very like 90s term but um I remember my sister and I went to one of those stores and like they had these frames that said my partner and our dad was a lawyer. So we almost got him. <laughs> That's so funny. And then there, the bookstore, or the, sorry, the uh, video store that my friend Abby and I would go to. She lived in my neighborhood too. It was definitely like an adult video store mm-hmm. as well. And they had like a whole gay porn section. And yeah. I remember being like 11 and like picking up lube and being like, I thought it was like, I thought it was food. <laughs> I was like, I want some of this. Yeah, <laughs> like, appetizing. Her, yeah, her dad's like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I actually drove by a adult bookstore the other day. But then when I got closer, it was a book slash video store. But I was like, wow, how is this adult bookstore thriving? I mean, I'm yeah, sure that they're doing something in the back room. I just assumed Wait, was that- this in Culver City? No, this was, I don't know, somewhere when I was driving home yesterday. Oh. I don't remember what part There's of town There's one called The Ripped Bodice. This was called, oh, fuck, it had, a, it had a decently funny name, but I'm forgetting what it was. Anyways, it wasn't The Ripped Bodice. It was very broken down and strange. Um, But back to 30 Rock. How did we get there? How did we get to Dick's <laughs> from 30 Rock? <laughs> Who could say? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Anyways, Thirty Rock rocks, love it. Oh yeah, well, I don't know. We were talking about not, we were talking about a certain era and time, and then I guess we were talking about our ages. Nine Eleven, Dicks, yeah, the news. Oh yeah, the news, and then oh Clinton. That's how we got Clinton, there. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So Bush era tell Bush era comedy. I think mm-hmm. is very lit. Um, yeah, Thirty Rock is still fun. It's really okay. So the other thing is, I feel like like very basic isn't the word, but like. It's the word I'm going to use right now, but being like, I'm watching 30 Rock feels very like I'm watching The Office or like, you know what I mean? Like sort of like, uh, I guess like maybe over celebrated. So to the point where you're kind of like, I don't want to participate in this because of the people who like over celebrate it. Right. Um, But then it's also funny that that's like a men's art that you and I both appreciate because. But it is uh, created by Tina Fey. I know. Who's basically a man. And (laughs) I feel like. That's it's such a drop in the bucket. It's a men's production at the end of the day. There are mm-hmm. so many dick and balls jokes, and I don't think that a woman has ever written a dick and balls joke. Well, maybe I don't know. I'm I mean, not gonna like, say anything. I'm just I gonna. Mean, like, I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. Uh, I think we know women who've written dick and balls jokes. But for I feel television. like it's the kind of thing that like like men are always making these making reference. They're, constantly making reference to penis and balls constantly yeah there should be more there should be more vaginal jokes vaginas are just well it's just funny because like so watching 30 rock and thinking that and like oh clearly all a lot of these jokes were you know written by men and performed by men too Mm -hmm. but it's just like yeah there there's no like no that's just not i i just feel like we don't like i don't even understand how much they think about their dicks and balls like I can't I don't think about my 
I think about like my thighs a lot and like if they're fat, <laughs> that's literally the only body part that I'm thinking about. Yeah, I know it's really gross. I actually haven't noticed the dick ball. Humor it's one of those things that like it it came. It was something that surfaced in a relationship, like I guess this summer maybe, and ever since then I've been paying attention to it because mm. I oh I think I was just being like, literally, no one cares about your balls only you do and other yeah. men but no one else women we're not we're not concerned at all i'm concerned with how disgusting balls are actually they're they're awful yeah that's my concern yeah i wouldn't say i'm neutral i would say i'm anti yeah 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 i'd say i'm but some vaginas are disgusting i hate to say it but but the some thing are is, really bad that's fine we're not you know well i guess sometimes we're talking and some about are beautiful it, but... like mine <laughs> <laughs> Um, abnormally beautiful. Anyway, freakishly. Um, yeah, I love I love Jack Don. Okay, I think Jack Donaghy is a men's art that we both mm-hmm. appreciate because his character is sort of stuck in that era. Like you don't see that because uh, he's like a corporate executive. I guess now, like the 2019 version of Jack Donaghy would probably be someone in tech. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you don't have that sort of like. Old New York, uh, he probably like went, oh yeah, went to Princeton, mm-hmm. Republican, like Wall, uh, like he's not quite a Wall Street guy, but he's like Wall Street adjacent. And there, I have a soft spot for that type of man. I don't really know why. Interesting. I just think that, I don't know, there's something about like the ruthlessness, like when he, like when Liz Lemon's like, sorry for caring about wanting to make the world a better place. And he's, and he's like, you should be. Like, it's a complete waste of time. Like, that sort of ethos yeah. is, like, even though I appreciate it, like, as a joke, and yeah. he's not, it's not a joke to him, but I actually had a uh, childhood friend growing up, and her brother, who, like, sort of, I had a complicated crush on, was a little bit like that type of person. I think mm-hmm. he's, like, in private equity in New York now. But, like, we had a game when we would go on vacation, like, is he quoting... Patrick Bateman in American Psycho or is he just speaking because like the types of things he would say were like insane like his eyes would go red and he would be like I would kill for that like yacht like he would see it like in the, on the water just sort of insane weird and I don't I I don't know why I have a weird soft spot but like a detached soft spot like I yeah. don't actually I've always admire find it. men like that are very novel to me so they're funny because uh-huh. in I don't have to, like, really interact with them in any kind. I think if I had to, like, really be under the thumb of that, the pers- the kind of person he's satirizing, like, it would be depressing. But yeah. from afar, like, I even had, I had, like, a phase in New York of, like, ironically dating Wall Street guys because I was just like, this is funny. Yeah, I because would I all Because I, like, <clears throat> you know, little creative beta soft you know exactly skinny. yeah people are always like is he gay right <laughs> um <laughs> i like how they're like manly and um macho yeah. and emotionally frigid and sort of like yeah there's something i i find that refreshing when you're when we're constantly presented by creative beta men yeah. at all times one thing i love about jack's character is the way that he is like a, a the way that him is in relation to his like business associates and like other men at his level, it's like they're fourteen year old girls. Like they're always yeah, like, he's petty. Like oh, your ha- like you didn't get a haircut. Like your hair is so long, but of course his hair is like 
short. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, he cuts his hair once a week. Yeah. Um, and that's like very American Psycho when they're comparing the business cards. I never saw that. Oh, okay. Well, it's a similar, uh, it's like a bit darker, but it's like a similar character to Jack Donaghy, mm-hmm. I'd say. Less less of a comedy. But um, yeah, I think like that's, I think Jack Donaghy is a good example of our men's are also how he's like, he's not mushy, which I like. and mm-hmm. But he also like, he has like a, a quiet, like caring like his relationship with Liz Lemon is very real mm. and they're there he has her back and I think he loves her but he's like it's not in a performative or showy or mushy way mm. and I respect that kind of love because yeah. I feel like it's real yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah it's kind of more of the like day in day out this person is showing up for you mm-hmm. rather than like you know professing anything flattering you or whatever we both also really love Jenna narcissist overt narcissist yes and just like so i think it's kind of like jack where it's like refreshing because it's someone who's not hiding what all like we all are like as evil and as like narcissistic as like jack and jen or whatever but it's so nice that there's it's right out front and like that's just very i think that's why those characters that kind of character is like refreshing because it's like oh finally like someone who's not like you know wrestling with their morals right <laughs> it's yeah. like someone is just like straight up or, or like, aren't virtue signaling at yeah every turn. yeah yeah and and they're both ultimate. like it's more true it's more right pure. it is true and i think more with jenna than jack but they're both sad i mean jenna's very sad but yeah no they're not like but jack's pretty sad people. too yeah mm. <laughs> i love a sad narcissist i don't know why also, I love Tracy, too. I don't know if you love Tracy, yeah, but I like I've Tracy. always loved Tracy. I just, I feel like Tracy inspires me probably the most of anyone mm, on that show. So? I just feel like he's living in a on a different planet yeah, in is. a way that I respect. Yeah. And, like, I think everything he says is poetry. And, oh, so yeah, funny. I said he has that Edie Beale quality. He has that sort of, like, like, he's not of this world, which makes him... He's very poetic, I think. Mm. <laughs> I think he's he's the the best poet of that era. <laughs> um, I really like him because I I like a good like I like a light touch on absurdity. I find that to be much funnier than like complete absurdity. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is like that where like you know, 70% of the time is whatever. He's in the context of like you know, being on set or like being in the dressing room or whatever, but then yeah, slips these like thirty percent, like slips out these things that are like so like deranged or so like imaginative or so yeah, just like existing yeah. on another world. <clears throat> that it's really fun. Yeah, he always and actually, I I listened to some interview with Tina Fey where she said that a lot of the stuff that she got for. Tracy's character was based on stuff that the real Tracy had said mm-hmm. or like inspired by. Yeah. I think I was... love his wife Angie too. Yeah. She's so yeah. funny. My day till payday. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. And isn't there this there's the season where she has the reality show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what that's from. That's her tagline. Yeah. Oh it's my, my god. way till payday, which you're like, I don't I don't think it's supposed to fully make sense, but I've thought about it a lot, being like <laughs> whispers into my yeah. oh my that just reminded me of my friend today who I won't name as a therapist and he just like performatively whispered to me in the coffee shop he's like I have one thing to say about my new client 
he's verified on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, so is Nicola. Yeah, jeez. And he was like, oh. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Um, That's really funny. Were you at the Wi-Fi cafe? No, different, oh, one. different I, one. I I, can't really work there anymore. I can only get drunk there. Yeah, I miss it. I'm Okay, so context is that I'm working in an office this month. Oh, yeah. Because I'm chasing. I'm trying to be in my bag. I'm trying to be in the income economy. I'm trying to acquire that grain and just stack paper. You're and chasing build. paper. Just stacking, linking and building, basically. So yeah, I have money, this money, 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 bitch. Uh, <laughs> I have this this job that prevents me from like, yeah, from getting drunk in the middle of the day at the Wi-Fi cafe <laughs> and seeing all my friends at the Wi-Fi cafe, et cetera. But I'm I'm enjoying the um like office experience partly because it has an end date. Yeah, we should okay, so what is your office persona? Okay, so I well, I struggle because of two things. Sometimes I just really want to be left alone. So sometimes I just want to be like quiet, invisible, like not do anything more than I'm asked, you know, like mm-hmm. not turn anything in an, a minute earlier than it's due Bless. and just completely like, you know, no personal details, et cetera. Yeah. But then there's other very like social butterfly side of me. Um, so I'm kind of trying to like manage the two of them. But right now I'm staying more on the quiet side. But yeah. people keep being like, oh. Nicola, you're such a lifesaver. And I'm like, all I'm doing is being here. But like, thank you. I kind of, it kind of being like a temp kind of feels like being an intern in that I'm like sort of always like asking for projects and like being like, does anyone need help with that? You know, and like kind yeah. of like trying to stay busy and also like try to like, like, I don't know. It's just it's like being an adult intern sort of yeah it sounds lit like i love i love a job with an end date oh yeah that is my shit it's pretty cool yeah and i had there's like a couple of people well i overall i think the people are really nice um and i've kind of picked out a few that i would be friends with <laughs> that's huge yeah that is huge and they're they live on the east side so bless yeah it's weird how in the work setting too like Standards are lowered a bit, I think. Oh, in terms of who you'll be friends with? Yeah, and who you'll, yeah, who you'll like. No offense to them. I mean, I don't know them. Yeah. But I find that with myself just because it's like, which is kind of nice. Well, I mean, because in the real world, I'm not going to like approach random yeah, people and be their friend. Totally. These girls are all cool, the like my top three. <laughs> but there's another girl that I also really get along with who I think wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, We'd be friends, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm but that makes me want to explore the friendship even more. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I often find that in those situations, the people that I'm initially seduced by are not the people I end up being friends with because I'm very um, I have bad instincts and I'm pretty (laughs) shallow. So like I'll just be like, oh, that girl seems really cool. I want to be her friend. And then she has like nothing to say. Yeah. And then we don't end up being friends. My like the one girl that I think. That I, like one of the girls that I think will be friends after this. Um, we were like sitting down and talking yesterday, and like immediately launched into like, so how do you reconcile, like, not <laughs> basically had a like, very deep conversation about like how do you reconcile like selling shit when you like in when you basically think that selling shit is 
bad. Like yeah. capitalism is bad. Participating in it is bad. But also it's the reality. Uh, and here we are. But she kind of was like, can I ask you a personal question? And I was <sighs> like, what? And she was like, are you like a socialist? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, and she was like, okay, cool. And then we like kept going on with the conversation. But I thought oh, she was going to ask me. Like, I didn't know what she was going to ask me. <laughs> um, but I was like, ooh, what comes Are next? you like socialist? I thought it was going to be, yeah, it sounds like it was going to be like a weird sexual thing or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, so office drag. It's fun. Yeah, I feel like my pers- my office drag is typically to hide my personality entirely um, and just be invisible yeah. and like a good worker mm-hmm. and like diligent, but not an overworker. Yeah. Um, just sort of like in and out. Like, does she work here? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, don't- I'm trying. See, I'm very inspired by that energy. So I'm trying to adopt it instead of my like social butterfly energy. Well, I mean, if that's your natural, I mean, I feel like it would be a lot more fun to be a social butterfly. Well, that's the thing is it does make it more fun Mm -hmm. to be at work, but it also is like I used to work at a place where I was friendly with like everyone there Mm -hmm. and my desk was kind of like at the end of a row Mm -hmm. on a very like busy thoroughfare in the mm-hmm. open plan media <laughs> office yeah and so people would always be stopping by my desk to like chit chat mm-hmm. and i it was like i was like I, I like i'm fucking writing i cannot talk to you right oh, now that like i'm in the middle me. of trying to like get i'm on deadline and and mm-hmm. i would feel like shitty because i'd be like ah yep yeah, mm-hmm, nope yeah, i can't talk or i would just be like ignore their i don't know i wound up moving my desk because i was like i can't deal with this yeah that's that really sucks. That's it, it's like that girl we were talking to who said that she was sad because her desk was behind a wall. Yeah, and we were. I was like, I was like drooling. I was yeah. like, that sounds dream. like a fucking dream. Also, I I feel like I feel like when I'm at a job, I'm sort of like treating it like jury nullification or something. Like I'm purposely. <laughs> um, like, I don't suck up to people who are higher up than me. I normally make friends with people who are, like, pointedly lower than me mm. <laughs> on the totem pole. Like, if I'm friends with someone, it's normally, like, an assistant or um, just someone who, like, can't do anything yeah. for me. Because I like to sort of, like, show that – I mean, also, that just comes naturally to me. I, I'm not good at sucking up to people at all. Mm. I really can't do it. I wish I could. If I could, once again, I would not be here. Um <laughs> But yeah, I feel like it it does it does come with perks because then the the higher ups notice that you're not sucking up to them and they're like, why? And oh, then, that's yeah. My yeah. tactic is like I would never like overtly suck up, but what I try to do is just like figure out what they really value about me, mm-hmm. which a lot of times is just the fact that like you're like younger and like living a singles person life, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, like, being a cool young person. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And making sure that they just see tiny glimpses of that so that they keep, like, so that they think that I'm, like, I think being, like, people thinking you're cool and have, like, good ideas is better than any output. (laughs) Like, or I guess it's, like, it gets you farther than output, I think. Yeah. But I also am not, you know, not, I don't have a great work ethic, so, like, I don't know. Yeah, you got to lead with what you have. You got to find your strength yeah. and lean. Yeah, it depends. Like, when, yeah, when I was in law offices, I mean, it depended on the office. But um, for the most part, I tended to be like one of the dumber people there. So when I was in criminal defense, my 
my leg up was that I listened to rap music mm. and that I knew all the slang that was mm. in the transcripts oh, yeah. that they didn't that these older attorneys didn't know. They Absolutely. were like, what does she mean by that? Yeah. Or like, you know. Huh? Can I open this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, that's just that beer is just there to tempt you. There's um, one beer sitting between the two of us. I yeah. just you know, I don't know. But uh yeah, I mean, it. yeah, it depends on the job. But, you, yeah, you got to lean into that one leg up that you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, to define office drag, though, office drag is, like, what you wear to work that you wouldn't necessarily wear outside of work. Like, you're performing. You're doing performance. I thought it, it included the whole persona. I, I think it can. I mean, it's just something that my one friend said once that I latched on to, so it doesn't really <laughs> kind of definition but my friend like worked in works in like the arts and has kind of like a not like a corporate art job it has like an office job where she has to not like she has to look like some kind of very specific way or something like that but compared to what she wears in her like personal life she has to like wear something a little different and she was yeah. talking about going like I think she had to go straight from work to like an opening and mm -hmm. she was talking about, like, having to go to this opening that was, like, full of, like, cool people and being in her, like, office drag and just feeling like she was such a, like, narc, basically. Mm -hmm. Like an old narc. Yeah. No, I definitely felt like that when I was at law jobs. I would, like, have to go home and change before I went out to anything. Yeah. I didn't want anyone to see me in my fucking Ann Teller loft. What was the... ATL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was the... um. <clears throat> What was the dress code when you worked in law offices? Uh, it depends. But when I was at the court, my clerkship, um, you're supposed to wear like a suit. But I didn't really. <laughs> I would wear like short ATL dresses and a blazer that I would put over my um, my uh, chair. Oh. And I wouldn't really wear it unless I had to go to court. Yeah. And then when the judges called on me, I would – or like called me into their chambers, I would purposely not wear the blazer just so I would be like – showing off my body a little bit Naturally. so that they would be less hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> and they all it worked. They all thought I was a genius. And it reminded me a lot of uh our girl Lizzie Holmes, you know? Mm -hmm. If you wanna get the old men on your side, you just gotta be like a bizarre dykey blonde and show <laughs> a little skin. Although I don't think she really showed any skin. Um that's the she's the blood one, right? Yeah, Theranos. Yeah. yeah. I love her. She's a huge inspiration. <laughs> that's one kidding. of the like that's one of the, like, news stories, pop culture stories that I, like, didn't – I was, like, I kind of missed it. And I was, like, I'm never going to catch up with this one, so I'll just let it – You would like it. I know. I, I should watch a documentary. Or I listened to – I mean, I listened to this when I had food poisoning, so I wasn't of the right mind probably. But there's, like, this eight-part podcast that was, like, fascinating. Oh, yeah. Matt told me about this. It's really – I think the story is really interesting. Bleeding Edge or something? I forgot something. what it's called. Um – Bad Blood is the name of the book. I mean, there's been so much media yeah. about it, but um, I think there's going to be a scripted film. I'm sure. Too, or movie. I hate when people say film. <laughs> um, I like to say movie on purpose because film- like Film is so annoying. And movie also like docks it down, a level of seriousness. Yeah. Here in H-Wood where people can be a little serious. Yeah. I was on a date once and she was like, so where do you see films? And I was like- uh, uh, I see movies at the yeah. Arclight yeah. or at the Glendale Galleria. No, yeah. the Glendale the America. The mall, bitch. <laughs> the mall, honey. <laughs> I see movies at the mall and I go to 
Forever 21 after. Yeah. Or the Cheesecake Factory. Um, But yeah, no, I think you'd like, I I think it's, it's sort of like a more nuanced situation than a lot of the grifter stories because Mm -hmm. I think she did have a a good idea and I, I think she really believed it and I think that um, her intentions were good, which yeah. is basically like a blood test, an on-site, on-site blood test yeah. that just needs a prick of blood and you don't have to send it to a lab. Mm-hmm. And that could like revolutionize healthcare. Yeah. Um, but the problem is it was giving bad readings and it didn't work. Damn. So it was like compromise. You know, people would like get a reading that said they had cancer and they wouldn't. Oh my you know? God. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. Fuck. Yeah. So that's why she's going to prison. But I do really think that she believed in it and at the time I was listening to it I was ghostwriting for entrepreneurs and I kept writing all these articles like when you're an entrepreneur like everyone's going to tell you that you're wrong and you have to like stay steadfast about your idea Mm -hmm. and you have to like not listen to the to the detractors or whatever so I do kind of understand how an entrepreneur who's like in that world and reading that literature yeah. could just be like, this is just part of the process. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to work at first. Like, of course there's going to – and of course I'm going to have naysayers. Yeah, I'm going to have naysayers and it's – there's going to be blips in the road. But yeah. like – and maybe if like – maybe she would have would have eventually gotten there. But there was one person in the documentary that was my favorite. She got all these – literally all of her investors were men. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had this one Stanford professor – and she said to her, uh, oh, the Stanford professor in the documentary was like, she came to my office and she told me the idea. And I was like, that's cute, Elizabeth, but this is scientifically impossible. <gasps> but like all the men like immediately like left Stanford to go work for her. Weird. So there was this weird element of like these older men and this young mm-hmm. blonde, um, which I thought was fun. I got to watch it. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. That was no a tangent. Okay. Um Oh, it kind of, well, it kind of makes me, I guess, like, I think, I feel like that documentary came out around the same time as the Firefest mm-hmm. documentaries. And uh, I was, I just really deeply tuned into the Firefest. I love those docs. But I feel like part of that also was that this dude kind of like had this positive mindset of like, like a p- positive to the point of like delusion, where it's like, yeah. You're like blocking out reality at a certain point. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think he was doing a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I mean, I think it was just him and Jaw Rules doing cocaine <laughs> and like being like, yes, we can do it. Yeah. yeah. Like his whole, I guess his whole thing was just sort of like, like, just find a solution. Just find a solution. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Like the, that was interesting. I think like the Lizzie Holmes thing. Um, at least, like, she was more redeeming, you know, because at least she had this noble goal. Like, for Billy, yeah, was it was like, stupid okay, yeah, like, a music festival. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of those. Yeah. And, like, none of them are cool. So, yeah. like, I don't know. It was just embarrassing. Yeah. But that was the fun part is that, like, everything he was trying to do was so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I saw someone on Hinge or something who said that they went. It's just, like, <laughs> awful taste do you have that that was even Wait, interesting was that on their you. profile i don't know like i might might have been That's... on there you know on hinge you have to like well have you used it yeah you have to like answer questions mm-hmm. i feel like it might have been one of those like you know two truths and a lie or something who fucking knows <laughs> i hate those questions well i actually like them because they're a really useful way to weed people out they are yeah yeah i i, I hate answering them because like i just i don't feel clever in that format like 
I don't feel like I can I feel like I can only be earnest and truthful in that format. And it's not like I'm like, oh, I want to have like funny answers, but I'm not I don't feel funny. So what do you have on there? Um, let's look. Hinge. Loading. Loading. <laughs> let's see. A random fact I love is the sensation of wanting to squeeze an adorable animal is called cute aggression. Okay. I like that fact. I get along best with people who, oh, this is very earnest, are curious, observant, interested in how things work and why. That's that's good. That's not offensive. I go crazy for niche emoji. What does that mean? Like, like I'm trying to think of like a good weird niche. Like a... The person in the spa, like the man with the mustache who's like getting a oh, steam okay. or something like that. Like just really like I highly didn't even know that about exactly you. like highly specific, <laughs> like um bizarre emoji. Because there's so many of them now. I think those are good. And you gotta put a you gotta put a question on there that's like easy. You have to put stuff that's like easy for people to respond to, you know? So they yeah. can just like comment like a weird emo or something. Like yeah. you gotta keep it really low lift. Because you know what it's like when you like well, maybe not you. I, I'm I've been a heavy app user for so many years. But I've had my phases. When you see someone who like you're actually interested in and you actually wanna write like a good you wanna like reply or like ha say something beyond just like hey. Yeah. And you like there's but there's nothing to like grasp onto where it's just like I don't know, like right. hey, I like the clothing choices you made. Right. Like hi, I love your bone structure like, you know what I mean um anyway. no yeah no I totally know what you mean it's like that one episode we were talking about like dating apps that are uh that sort of repel people I think mine is has a oh mine's, yeah we did talk about mine's this. in that in that vein like it's a little angry mm. like I have um I know one thing on my hinge which I don't have right now is um when are you going to delete the app? And yeah. I said when the emptiness hits. Yeah. And everyone responds to that. Interesting. Because I think a lot, I think, yeah, I guess. I saw like you on Hinge. I saw you on Hinge. So fun. <laughs> fun. Um, so cute. Still haven't gone on a date with a woman, but you know, sometimes I'm looking. You haven't? No. I. But you've had like, you've gone really close. I've had, not really though. Like, yeah. I've had, I've like sword i've messaged extremely lightly with some women but it's mm. never been like the kind of like you have convo where it's like you're really you know where it keeps going it's just sort of like kind of like granola like vanilla sort of like <laughs> basic there are a lot of granola lesbians chit chat mm -hmm. um in a way that i don't know as a now that i'm 50 percent more single than i was before thanksgiving mm. um I'm really just, I don't know, I can't, like, it, different times. I love how you light up when you say that. I know. <laughs> I I really made getting dumped, like, a huge part of my, like, identity for two days. Yeah, and your <laughs> yeah, it was, you made getting dumped into, like, a chic aesthetic. Yeah. A chic and, a, and just, like, yeah, you were so, you, light, you lit up. When I know. When you I love getting it. dumped because I feel like the universe owes me, but then yeah, I was thinking about I don't how, get dumped enough, TBH. I was thinking about how I broke up with the last person and what a shitty job. I did <laughs> such a rude job breaking up with the last person <laughs> that uh, I honestly, like, afterwards was like, Nicola, your karma is fucked. Like, 
It yeah. was not great. Um, yeah, I've been feeling recently that my dating karma is madly fucked. So I now I feel like now, like I dumped that one. This one dumped me. You know? Little. I love getting dumped. I think that's a hot take we can talk about. Like getting dumped is kind of lit. It's Tell kind of, me. Because it's like I always feel guilty all the time. And I don't like having to make decisions. Hmm. And I am always sort of have my foot out one door in any sort of relationship. Yeah. So getting dumped, I always feel an immense sense of relief. Like when your friend cancels on you. Yes. And you were like, oh, yes, I don't have exactly, to go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes, cancel culture. Um. No, I yeah, I like it. I've I've only been dumped. Well, one time I pushed someone to dump me, and then another time I was dumped completely by surprise. But um, I think I I wasn't expecting it, but I think I did sort of subconsciously want it too, and I was like very chill with it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't cry, I didn't really. I just started. I just threw myself at someone else, and yeah. it was all good. Yeah, so that's, and I what, didn't have that's to, what I'm looking for right now. Yeah, I didn't have to. I just feel like when you break up with someone, you bear the weight of, like, being the one who decides. Yeah. Breaking someone's heart, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. The guilt, the the other person is the victim, and you're the aggressor. Mm. I hate that. Like, I would much rather be the victim. Yeah, And people feel bad for you when you've, when you've been true. dumb, too, and they're, like, so much nicer. Yeah. Um. Like, obviously, if I was madly in love with someone and I I didn't have any reservations, that would suck to get dumped out of nowhere. But that's never happened to me. And I feel like it's pretty unlikely. I feel like when people get – I mean, like, you, you lit up when you talked about getting dumped. <laughs> you must have known that something was off, right? Well, I felt like – Okay, first of all, this was like it was established that this was going to be a casual thing, that this was not something that was leading towards hmm. a boyfriend girlfriend situation that had been established early. So you weren't blindsided. So yeah, I wasn't thinking it was gonna like grow to that by any means. But I was kind of blindsided just because of like the reason, which I'm not gonna go into because I'm not gonna air this person's <laughs> shit. But um like I was kind of blindsided by the reason, but I wasn't like uh, which had nothing, which obviously had everything to do with him and nothing to do with me. Um, <laughs> obviously, my hands are clean. I was kind of like, even when he was telling me like all what what was going on, I was like, okay, but like, how do I fit into this? Because yeah. this is a lot of you, and I don't really understand like where I come in here. Right. Um. Anyway, so I guess like yeah, I think I had felt the last time we hung out that I was like, oh, I think you know what I mean. Like I think I had felt like that there was a little, like, drop-off for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was down to still kick it. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah, but you're not devastated. I'm not devastated, no. Um, no, I'm not, like, I wasn't, like, I didn't, it, it wasn't, like, he, I don't know, I guess also because whatever our arrangement was really preset. Yeah. It was honestly the most successful casual dating I've ever had. Cool. Yeah. That's great. That's worth celebrating. Celebrate. YOLO. Um, okay, we have a few more things on our list. What should we talk about? We took off the news because we're not qualified to talk about that. No. One we day. talked about Clinton, but um, um you can pick. I guess we could talk about unfulfilled romance. Yeah, that that's a good segue. Mm. Yeah, I think okay, so that that ties into being dumped. 
I think a romantic situation where um, you have less control is kind of hot, you know, and is ideal. Okay, go on. Um, And that's similar to being dumped, you know, like, because the, I, I don't know, like, I tweeted today that um, I hope I never have agency, um, despite how far feminism has come, because feminism's always talking about agency, but, like, I don't really want to have agency. Like, I don't, like, I like to be in control in a very superficial way, but when it comes to, like, the grand universal things in my life, it's too much pressure to have control. I would kind of rather just be, like, a passive. Yeah. Um person and so unfulfilled romance I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying I had a point and when I listen to this I'll be like Anna the point you were trying to make was blah 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 blah, but you know what yeah I don't remember why we put this on our list we were gabbing at the wi-fi cafe (laughs) we were drunk and gabbing eating pretzel sticks okay well actually I can I have something else to say about this, though. Go on. Okay. Go so, off, even. Okay. Um. So there is a reason that humans are drawn to unfulfilled romance, and the reason is limerence, which is how romance feels like a drug for the first mm-hmm. 18 months, right? And that's not that long. So after 18 months, it stops feeling like a drug um, because you get to intimacy. Mm-hmm. But if you never get to intimacy... It never stops feeling like a drug. Mm. So if you don't, if you constantly are in a state of uncertainty, then it feels like a drug. You can feel like a drug for like 10 years. Um, I will say that like, yeah, my um, like I'm less I'm less sad to have the breakup and like be dumped. I'm more sad that I'm like. Oh, that yeah, like my little limerent, my little like dopamine kick isn't around yeah. anymore. Where it's like I text you and you text me back, and that lights me up just because oh, you know. Yeah. Is there anything? Yeah, there's nothing better than than the dopamine rush of a crush. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like our what we were saying. Life is crushes. Life, life is, is outfits. outfits. Life is. I feel like we had a <laughs> That's third <it>. one. <laughs> Flirting, which is kind of the same as crushes, but it actually isn't. No. Flirting no. and You can flirt with anyone. Dip- oh, my yeah. God. You better be. You can flirt with a an animate object if you want. You yeah. don't have to have a crush on it. You can flirt with an animal. <laughs> you can flirt with a security guard. Yes. Yeah. You can flirt with your flight attendant. You can flirt with a tech helper. You can flirt with a chat bot. <laughs> Yes. Like the, yeah, like when I was. Flirting uh, is life, though. Yeah, I know. When you, oh, yeah, this is why it came up. I said I was jealous that you were working in an office because you had mm. the opportunity to have an office crush, which is Except so Except that it's all women fun. and gays. Oh, well, so. it'd be fine Except for, me. for the tech humans. I don't <laughs> oh, think there's so a lot. That's why you said that. Yeah. One of them uh, was helping me, like, set up my computer, and, like, I could just tell like the way that he was looking at me like I was like I don't want to make sustained eye contact because I can just like he was trying to get it in no I just like got that I don't know I just got like a a vibe that was like very loud and (laughs) not that he was like doing anything in particular you know you can just like tell like oh you are a you are a man standing up and I'm a woman sitting down and like you think I'm pretty and you're like telling me what to do and mm-hmm. I'm like doing it. Yeah. And you're like 
thriving because you like probably married and have like two kids or something. Right. It's the highlight of his day. Uh, and I was just like, mm, but it's fine. <laughs> he helped me out. Well, yeah. See, I would love that kind of situation. It's okay. But yeah, there's not, I've been like obviously been scoping the office. Um, but I haven't really seen, I haven't seen anyone who, any men who seem like most of them seem very obviously gay. I haven't really seen any man that I don't assume is gay who is also like aesthetically interesting to me. Do you ever get crushes on gay men? No. Me neither. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do. I I more get crushes on gay men. But I think that once you're gay, there's gay people are more attractive. Hmm. Either sex. Um, cool. Well, we're at 49 minutes. Should we wrap it? Let's wrap it. All right. Put a bow on it. Um, shout out to unfulfilled office crushes, the gyms and pams of the world. <laughs> Worthless. That's I'm just a freaking pam in the office. <laughs> I'm just uh... selling beauty products online <laughs> until I find my gym. <laughs> We all just want to find our gym. God, there but are But actually so... not find our gym. Yeah. Just have a gym. Yeah. There that are... we never get together with mm-hmm. so we can feel like we're high all the time. Oh, my God. I love an unfulfilled crush. Yeah, That is truly like living. The whole point of desire is, ha- is not to have is it be not... fulfilled. Exactly. Because once it's fulfilled, it's over. Yeah. Unless it leads to like a, an expanded desire. Unless it leads to something new. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, now... Like, first I wanted you as a person. Now I want you as a this and that or something. Yeah, this is why I um, I want your brain and your body. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't really. Okay, sorry. I know we said we were going to wrap it up, but I just thought of something else. I, um, yeah, when people talk about these like different layers of romance. I don't think I've ever gotten there. And like, I'm not sure I really believe in it. I kind mm. of think it's a lie. When people what? are like, I'm just more in love with my husband every day. Oh, oh, oh. I'm oh, just oh. like, what? Yeah, I don't really understand that. But I also haven't been in a long relationship for a long time. So I don't yeah. really remember what it feels like <laughs> to like be with someone and like be steady enough that you would even say a sentence like that. But yeah, it sounds fake. I just feel like after a year, you be you can become best friends. I believe in that, yeah. but I don't believe that there's it's really romantic after a year. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I would love to be proven wrong. Would Prove love us that. wrong. Prove us wrong. Bye, bitches. Bye. <laughs> She just wanna know